Dear friends, I don't have to tell you this, but it is a very big week in America, isn't it? This is the week that our children get all dressed up and get free candy. And uh, raise your hand if anyone's going out and trick-or-treating this uh, Halloween. Yeah, yeah, I got a cowgirl and a little mermaid. I'm not sure what, what you're going as. And, and I'm a little bummed as a parent that, you know, why don't they still keep giving candy to parents? I would gladly take more candy. But uh, anyway, uh, good times. And, and it's amazing as we live in this country, we've only seen this holiday, so to speak, grow and grow. I was doing some research and $6.9 billion will be invested in the Halloween industry. $6.9 billion in costumes and candy and, and that's a lot of chocolate-covered nougat, isn't it? I mean, this is huge. And because it's gotten so big, I can't help but recognize the opportunity that it presents us. See, if it's your first time to Amazing Love, we welcome you. If it's your 50th time, you're welcome too. But we want to let you know why we are here. You see, we're gathered here to urgently, to passionately, to do whatever it takes to reach those who don't know Jesus and tell them of his love, to reach the lost with the love of Jesus. That's why we exist. And I can't help but think we have a great opportunity as this is Halloween week. In fact, to explore this opportunity, I have a video for you. Why don't you watch this? Halloween. It may be a lot of things you like or don't like, but it is the last American tradition where it's okay for complete strangers to come to your house. We pray about opportunities to love our neighbors, but are we missing one that's right under our noses? What if we, the church, I mean the church, saw the incredible potential in Halloween to build relationships with our neighborhoods? Let's think about it. We're spread out all over town. We interact with all sorts of people. And we can all do something simple this year to bring the love of Jesus to others. Let's do more than carve pumpkins. Let's join together as a church to intentionally use Halloween to reach our neighbors and love our community. So there it is. And I think they got it right. This is a week that we have more opportunity to meet our neighbors than maybe ever. And of one very simple way that you might uh, reach out to those neighbors is we have Halloween stickers. You can place these all on your candy, and it'll tell them about Jesus, and it'll direct them to a church. Uh, just one simple way. But maybe you can look for other opportunities. Maybe you know your neighbor, and you've been working up the courage to invite them to this place. Take the opportunity. Maybe it's a chance to tell your story, what God is doing in your life. I'm not sure what might happen. But I believe God can work this week to do incredible things as we get to know our neighbors. Now, some are weary of uh, participating in, in Halloween as it is a focus on spirits. And uh, one of the reasons that I think Halloween is actually increasing is because we realize we live in a spiritual world. And the Bible confirms this. That it's just not about our bodies, it's just not about our materials. That there are invisible forces at work. And so if Halloween is not your bag, that's okay doesn't have to be. It's an area of freedom that you can or can't do. But I would caution you, um, as everything increases, I came upon this passage uh, from Paul as we look at Halloween, as we consider what's going on. Uh, consider these words of Paul from Ephesians. It says, For our struggle is not against flesh and blood. He's alluding, we live in a spiritual world. 
but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Did you get the caution? That yes, we live in a spiritual world, and yes, it's okay to dress up and get some candy, but I think there's a difference between having fun trick-or-treating and maybe having an unhealthy obsession with the spiritually dark things of this world. And, and as a pastoral caution, I just advise you to watch out. Have fun, but watch out. Does that make sense? But I thought, um, on this week where we focus on spirits, and we see little kids as ghosts and different things, that, that we would focus on the greatest spirit. That we don't have to fear about ghosts or goblins or demons, even if they are real, because we have a much more powerful spirit on our behalf, the Holy Spirit, who when I was growing up was called a ghost. Um, that Holy Spirit is with us today. And so let's focus on Him, and we're going to draw the comfort that we can get from the Holy Ghost or Spirit, whatever you call Him, this week. Let's get into it. We're reading from the book of John, and, and I'm convinced if you ever want to know how God works as a trinity, that, that He's one God and yet three persons, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, I see it the most in the book of John. We had a reading from John last week. We'll hear more of John. And, and here we see the interaction again of Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Let's read from John chapter 14 and then dig in. It says, If you love me, keep my commands. And I'll ask the Father, and He will give you another advocate. And this is a big word that comes up. Uh, the, the word is actually paraclete in Greek, which means helper. That's why I've said helper. Uh, NIV translated counselor. It could be comforter. Literally, it means to call alongside. Kind of like an encouragement. To call alongside someone who's doing life. So, so it says here, another advocate, the Holy Spirit. He's going to help you and be with you forever. He's the Spirit of truth. The world cannot accept Him because it neither sees Him nor knows Him. But you know Him, for He lives with you and He will be in you. I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. Before long, the world will not see me anymore, but you will see me. Because I live, you also will live. On that day, you will realize that I am in my Father, and you are in me, and, and I am in you. Whoever has my commands and keeps them is the one who loves me. The one who loves me will be loved by my Father, and I too will love them and show myself to them. Then Judas, not Judas Iscariot, said, But Lord, why do you intend to show yourself to us and not to the world? Jesus replied, Anyone who loves me will obey my teaching. My Father will love them, and we will come to them and make our home with them. Anyone who does not love me will not obey my teaching. These words you hear are not my own. They belong to the Father who sent me. All this I have spoken while still with you. But the Advocate, the Helper, the Counselor, the Encourager, the Comforter, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and will remind you of everything I have said to you. See, it's peace that I leave with you. My peace I give you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled, even by ghosts and goblins. And do not be afraid. This is the powerful word of God, and you've seen that interaction between Father, Son, and yes, Holy Spirit. We get to dig in to see what the Holy Spirit's doing for us today. All right. Growing up in the 80s and 90s, it's my job and duty to get you 80s and 90s culture. And uh, with that, I wanted to know how many here have seen this classic 80s movie, The Goonies? 
Awesome movie. If you haven't seen it, it's good. Netflix, whatever. It's uh, worth a watch. And, and, and there are so many memorable things about The Goonies. Maybe it's the Cindy Lauper song that just rings, you know, her music is through there. And maybe it's the Truffle Shuffle or a Stolen Kiss in the Caverns or all this kind of thing. But, but the main theme or stream of the, the movie, The Goonies, is all about a treasure hunt. Never forget, they're in the attic and they find a treasure map. The stolen treasures of a pirate named One-Eyed Willie. And with that, the adventure ensues into the caverns, away from the Fratellis, this mob family, to get that treasure. But I want to tell you, without a treasure map, there would be no knowledge of a treasure. Without a treasure map, there would be no adventure to ensue. Without a treasure map, there would be no wonderful 80s movie called The Goonies. That'd be a shame. The reason I bring this up is because do you know that the Holy Spirit acts much the same as that treasure map? And let me explain. When Jesus died and when he did his work, he stored up for us tremendous treasures, forgiveness, peace, eternal life, all in store for all who would find it. But I tell you the truth, if the Holy Spirit was not at work, you wouldn't know of that treasure. If the Holy Spirit was not at work, you wouldn't know how to get there and maybe more than that, even if you found the treasure, you wouldn't see it as a treasure. That what Jesus did would mean nothing for you. That's the power of the Holy Spirit. This is what we learn. Um, we learn that he reveals things like that treasure map that otherwise we wouldn't know. Paul wrote in 1 Corinthians this about the Spirit. He said, the man without the Spirit, get this, does not accept the things that come from the Spirit. So again, Jesus could have lived, he could have died, he could have rose again, but I want you to know, if the Spirit wasn't in your heart, none of that would matter. You might not know of it, you wouldn't have found it, and it wouldn't mean anything to you without the Spirit working inside. It's foolishness without Him. And so what makes the Holy Spirit so good? Well, it's the Holy Spirit who helps us to find or to know the treasures of Christ. We confessed that earlier. We said, no one could say Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. And even Jesus kind of alluded to that in our section. He kind of reverses it. Look at verse 17. Verse 17 says, He is the Spirit of truth, and the world cannot accept Him, because it neither sees Him nor does it know Him. But you know Him, for He lives with you, and He will be in you. And so there He is. The treasure map. He is the one leading us to know who Jesus is and what that all means. And so, what you need to know is that the Spirit of God is a great gift. It's a great gift. In fact, when Jesus is talking about sending the Spirit, it reminds me of a child and having uh, friends over. And have you ever had, when you have company over, you want to share the best of what you got with those you like? And so maybe you go to your mom and say, oh, Jimmy's over. I want you to make those brownies. You know those brownies that everyone loves? Can you make the brownies? Jimmy's over. I want to share that with Jimmy. Uh, or maybe it was a place that dad took you, a lot of fun that you could have. My dad was pastor of a church, and so he had keys to a gym. And so when people came over, I'm like, can we open the gym? That'd be awesome. Just me and my buds. Let's go to the gym, dad. Could you do that for us? That'd be awesome. This is the kind of verbiage I hear Jesus talking about when it comes to the Holy Spirit. They have something good, and it's like, Jesus, can we share that with them? Look at verse 16. He says, and I will ask the Father not to go to the gym, anything else, and he will give you another advocate or helper to be with you forever. 
See, God wants to share with us part of himself so that we have something to remember him by. And it's in this that Jesus then says, see, I, I, I might be leaving, but I don't leave you as orphans. You see, I've given something to you. Not brownies, not a pass to the gym. I've given you my spirit. You know, some of us, I think, tend to think if you've been walking with Jesus for a while, you know, if I lived when Jesus lived, I would be a better believer. Raise your hand if you ever thought that. If I lived when Jesus lived, I would be a better believer. You know, because if I was on the Sea of Galilee when he calmed the storm, that would, that would increase my faith. If I could have heard him teaching instead of, you know, these pastors that he's left us with, I would really believe because he's a better teacher. You know, if I could just see the resurrection or, or see the cross, then I'd really, really believe. I think Jesus tells us through these words and, and through the Holy Spirit that we have all that we need and maybe even better. Here's a passage that really struck me in my research this past week. Look, look at what Jesus says about the Spirit. He tells his disciples, all who gather, all who are with him, right? He's like, I tell you the truth, it's going to be for your good that I am going away. So again, it'll be better when I'm not here, and why? Because unless I go away, the counselor will not come to you. And so he says, and I think to us today, you think it'd be better to live when Jesus lived. You think you'd have more faith if you could see those miracles. I tell you the truth, because we have the Spirit, it is just as good, if not better. Because we know the treasure. The Goonies ends and they find the treasure. I'm going to spoil that for you. And we too have seen the treasure. Treasure that angels would have longed to look into, according to 1 Peter. You see, for Christians, for, for many, many years in the Old Testament, they just had glimpses and, and ideas of what the Savior would do. They knew that, that Eve would have an offspring to help them some way and crush the serpent's head. What did that mean? And David knew he'd have a king that would reign forever in his line. And, and Abraham, someone from Abraham would bless every nation. But they didn't know who that was. In fact, even the disciples who, again, lived with Jesus, again, is it better to live with Jesus? Most of the time, they were confused. And Jesus called them out on it. He's like, you still don't get it? Come on, guys. i got to explain this to you. Come on. One of the most striking was, okay, so I can see maybe not believing before the crucifixion. And I can definitely see not believing during Saturday when he was dead. But after the resurrection, I'm like, they, they, they have faith then, right? They get it, right? But it was after the resurrection that the disciples of Jesus gather around him. And right before he left the earth, they asked him this question. They said, uh, Jesus, are you going to restore the kingdom of Israel right now? Is that going to happen? Basically, they were still wondering what his work was all about. Jesus, are you going to make an earthly kingdom yours now? Jesus, are you now going to restore our, our power and our, our prestige to the Israel nation? They didn't get it. The Holy Spirit would work in their hearts, and he'd connect the dots. And that's the same spirit that we have. You see, we can look in hindsight and know the story. The Spirit's still coming in. That's, that's okay. It wasn't the Spirit turning off. We have the dots connected. That Paul says angels would have longed to look into the things that we already know. How much Abraham would have liked to know that one of his offspring would be named Jesus? who'd be born of a virgin named Mary 2,000 years ago, who'd give his life on a cross, which means that all of our punishment was paid, who'd rise three days later, 
We know that story, don't we? Don't ever take that for granted. The knowledge, the treasure that God has revealed to us, that angels would have longed to look into. That's the Spirit working in your heart so that you too can be a child of God. That's awesome. But then Jesus goes on and he says a lot about, you know, as my disciple, if the Spirit is really in me, in you, you will love me and you will obey my commands. And when we obey God's commands, it's not the way of salvation, rather it's the proof of salvation. When we love him, it's evidence that we are already in him. And we talk about the Holy Spirit and his work in this regard. Consider the Holy Spirit who enables us to do this great work. It says in Philippians, For it is God who works in you to will and to act to fulfill his good purpose. So what else does the Holy Spirit help us do? He enables us to do those acts of love, those really good things that God wants us to continue to do. And so this is his power. As we want to love God, again, the Holy Spirit empowers us for acts of love. To talk more about this, I want to talk about one of the most interesting creatures, um, probably a creature who has no more significant transformation. I want to talk about the caterpillar. Does anyone think caterpillars are beautiful? I was wondering that. Okay, some, some. I think they're kind of ugly. That's just me. And let's, let's live in the realm of a caterpillar. You're just creeping and crawling, and there is not much more slow thing than a caterpillar. They're like, a snail's maybe slower, a worm is maybe slower, right? And they're just creeping and crawling most of their life. And then they go into a cocoon. And I cannot imagine what a caterpillar feels like when he's a butterfly. Right? You have this transformation where all he was doing, creeping and crawling, and sooner or later he's this? Like, can you imagine, like, you're flying now. Look, see you guys. Can't believe this. Woo-hoo-hoo! You know? It'd be crazy. I wouldn't know what that's like. It's like if I sprouted rings and fly, that'd be awesome. Like Superman. Da-da! That's a caterpillar. Flying, guys. Still crawling around, fellow caterpillars and ants. That would be awesome. Do you know, I think the, the, the same way that, that God transforms a caterpillar is what he does in our life through the Holy Spirit. You see, when we were without the Holy Spirit, all we could do is creep and crawl. And according to the, our sinful nature, all we could do is make life about me, 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 me. And even when I was helping someone, whether it be my kids or whether it be a coworker, is so that I could benefit in the end. Me. But it is God who works this drastic transformation. And it's, I think, probably strikes us strange sometimes or probably strikes other people strange. I was talking to a, a woman who um, had her husband coming to Amazing Love for a while. And, and she told me, you know, my husband is acting really, really strange. Like, what is going on there? You know, and, and I couldn't help but think that the Holy Spirit had gotten a hold of that man. Because here's how the Holy Spirit will work in your life. You might be living with your spouse and, and you might say, man, I, I really do want to help with the dishes tonight. What? Want to help with the dishes? What is this? Or your kids, they might like surprise you and you tell them to clean their room. And even before you asked, it was clean. What? What's, what's wrong with them? Or maybe you go to work and it's like, I don't want to make it about me. I just want to help people. And God will figure out all the finance stuff. I just want to, I want to help. Like, what? what is this? And You know that sensation? You're flying, baby. You sprouted wings. Fan that into a flame. Keep doing that because that's what the Holy Spirit is enabling you to do. Fly with the best of them. Say, I'm going to live. I'm going to serve. I'm going to give. I'm going to volunteer. I'm going to make a marriage not about me. I'm going to make my life not about me. 
because the Spirit gave me wings to fly, and I'm going to use those wings. I'm not going to crawl anymore. That's the goodness of the Spirit, my friends. But I think we're tempted to devalue the Spirit's work. We all are. I told you we had a battle going on. And so we devalue, and, and though we cannot please the Lord on our own, we do have the decision to avoid the Lord and to seek other paths. You see, the, the Spirit might work in us and show us a path that might be good, but we have the power to say, uh-uh, I'd rather creep and crawl today. I don't want to fly. You know what I think what happens in sin? Whenever we sin, we make a horrible trade. A horrible trade. It reminds me of when I was growing up uh, trading baseball cards with my brother. My brother always got the best cards. He was collecting Michael Jordan. He has a Michael Jordan rookie card. That's, that's awesome. And I remember whenever I got a Michael Jordan card, he would give me about 10 other cards that really weren't that good, but I'd go for it, and I'd be stuck with really nothing good, and he'd have my Michael Jordan trading card. Do you know I think we do that whenever we choose to sin? We don't think about it in the moment. When we sin, I think we make a worse trade than giving a Michael Jordan card for 10 other commons. When we sin, we don't recognize what we're trading. And I think God reveals to us what we are trading whenever we choose a path away from the Spirit. Do you want to know what I think we give up? It isn't salvation. When Jesus said it is finished, that was true. Like, can't take salvation away from us. But you know what I think we, we trade? Trade peace. We trade peace. And really, isn't that an awful trade? Like, if you could buy peace at a store, wouldn't you do it? If you could invest in peace, you know, if that was traded on the markets, I would invest in peace. How many of us wouldn't like to have peace when it comes to the direction of our life, that things are all going to work out? What would we give for peace in, in troubled circumstance, whether it be a tragedy or sickness? What would we give for peace when it comes to our finances? What do we give for peace when it comes to guilt and shame and skeletons in the closet? We'd, we'd probably give a lot for that, wouldn't we? We trade it all too often when we seek to creep and crawl instead of fly. So, dear friends, hear again what God wants for us. Verse 27. He says, peace I leave with you. You know why? Because I left you my spirit. My peace I give you. I do not give to you as the world gives. I give so much more than candy on Halloween. So do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. Peace. Peace because Jesus died for you. Peace because as the word says, God lives in us. And we live with him. Peace because I can go all my life knowing he will never leave me or forsake me when I keep my eyes on Jesus. Man, may the Holy Spirit work so in you that you have peace, even this Halloween. Don't let devils or goblins or demons scare you. You got one mightier spirit working inside of you. Thank God that you found the treasures of Christ. Use that spirit and follow his directives. And may the peace of God, which transcends our understanding, guard your hearts and minds through faith in Christ Jesus. Amen. Please stand.